Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful. Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What is up? Happy and healthy. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Janine Amopola. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, welcome. So I post these every single Tuesday. If you guys don't know, you can watch these on Spotify as well as YouTube. So if you ever want to see my face for some odd reason, you are more than welcome to. (laughs) So I just love this podcast. It has been a blessing. One of the podcasts I recently did um, about toxic relationships like blew up, which I was not expecting, but you know, there's a lot of people in this world that have dealt with what I've dealt with and have gone through toxic relationships. And so feel free to check that episode out. But if you are new here from that coming from TikTok or Instagram reels, whatever, hello, welcome to the podcast. I hope you guys will stick around. I just want to give a little quick update. So last night I went to the Justin Bieber concert. And I died. It was so much fun, you guys. It was in Austin. Went down there, had a freaking blast. Went with my friends. He crushed it. He did seem a little off, though, not gonna lie. But I know his, like, wife, I know Haley had kind of, like, gone through something recently. That was pretty hard. But, um, oh, my gosh. He sang all his, like, old songs, and I just died. I was, like completely fangirling my throat hurts today because I was screaming the entire night and blasting just my vocals to sing along with him because it was so much fun so if you have the chance to go see him I recommend I know the tickets probably aren't that cheap but if you have a chance to swing it do it and it was so sweet um it was in Austin and my old assistant lives in Austin and I ran into her at the concert and we bumped into each other and we were like screaming and jumping up and down and it was just Oh, it was so fun. I feel like I have Bieber fever today. That's also probably why my voice is lower today because after going to concerts or whatever, I just lose my voice so unbelievably fast and it kind of hurts to talk today. So probably should have dialed that back last night. But you know what? I will do it for the Biebs. Anyway, 
that was fun. Just a little update. And then tomorrow, I think this will be probably up in two weeks. So already have been in Cabo, but I'm heading to Cabo tomorrow for my friend Jesse's wedding. I'm so excited. I'm going with my best friends. It's going to be a blast. I'm going with Maddie, my friend Sammy, my friend Ashley will be there. And my one of my really good friends, Jesse, is getting married. So um, if you're not following my Instagram, definitely do so and check out my you know TikTok as well. I'll be posting some content from that. It's going to be a blast. I love weddings and I haven't traveled international in a minute since probably last August. Yeah, I think so. Um, but that's okay. So I'm really excited for that and that'll be fun. So just stay up to date on my Instagram and TikTok and YouTube for all the updates. But anyway, for today's episode, y'all, I'm really, really excited. This is a topic um, that I have thought about for a very long time. I wrote I wrote this down a while ago, probably at least two months ago, the idea of being lonely versus alone and just kind of comparing and contrasting and showing the difference between those two of how it's good to be alone sometimes, but how it's not good to stay alone. And then also kind of how, you know, when we're alone too much, we can often become lonely and how there's a difference between loneliness and being alone and how there is positives to being alone sometimes but how often being alone too much can shift into being lonely. And that's not where we want to be. And we're going to be talking about this a lot of just what Jesus went through. Um, Again, if you're new here, I'm a Christian. So I'll be giving you guys a lot of scriptures because in my life, I want to emulate. I want to follow Christ. I want to do what Christ did. And a lot of the times we are able to look, okay, what should we do by looking at Jesus's life? And when you read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're able to see so clearly what Jesus did, which is why it's so awesome. It's like a reference point for us. So we're able to see why Jesus was alone a lot of the times and why it's good for you to get alone, how to get intimacy with the Lord. However, like I said, this can shift to loneliness a lot. And that's a spot that I don't want y'all to be in. I don't want you to be lonely. I don't want you to feel loneliness because I feel like loneliness slowly but surely just kills us. And so um, I'm just going to kind of go through this. This might be a little all over the place, to be honest, um, because I worked on this a little yesterday and then this morning. And I'm just going to be kind of going through this idea. And hopefully this will just help you guys out and just think about your own life of hopefully bringing more people into your life, not being alone, but also knowing that when we are alone, when, we in, when we're in the quote-unquote secret place with God, that is where we can find intimacy. So I hope this isn't too all over the place. You guys can track with me. I try to take as many notes as I could, so I'll be looking at, the, at my computer for watching the YouTube video just to make sure I'm not getting a little too off topic here. So let's get into the difference between lonely versus the benefit of being occasionally alone. I've been thinking about this for a while because I remember when I lived alone, it was kind of hard. You know, I lived alone for two years and now I live with my roommate Maddie and it's been so great. And it's always nice to have kind of like a safety blanket of like coming home to someone. But when I lived alone, there was nobody. It was just me, myself and I and God. And that was definitely really testing and trying. And I think it's important for us to find seasons of really refining ourselves of, okay, can I be alone? Like, is this scary? Why is it scary for me to be alone? What am I hiding from? What am I trying to not think about? What am I trying to suppress by being alone? It's good to be alone sometimes, but we were just not meant to stay in there. Loneliness is not something that I feel like God desires for us, yet at the same time, God can understand the emotion because there's not a feeling that Jesus, more I should more say Jesus because Jesus was human for a while, 
um, there's not a feeling that Jesus cannot empathize with us. It says that, um, I believe in Hebrews uh, 4, that there's not an emotion that he cannot empathize with us in. It's Hebrews 4.12, I believe. And he understands what it's like to be alone and also lonely. So we can relate to Jesus. That's where we get these emotions because Jesus first felt them, right? And so I want to talk about kind of the benefits of getting alone with God and knowing him and hearing him. And then when you're in the quiet place, in the secret place, and you're so filled up in your quiet time with God and you're alone, then you're so filled up that you can now be sent out to go back into the world and go and bless other people. But many of us really want to rely on so many things for our faith and intimacy with Christ. But sitting alone and being with Jesus should be enough. Like if we look at the Mary and Martha story, um, I believe Mary was the one that sat at Jesus's feet when Martha was the one that was hurried around and she was like, Lord, 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 look what I'm doing for you. And he's like, Mary, actually he says, Martha, I I might be getting these mixed up, but he's like, Martha, look at Mary. Mary chose what is good for her. He chose the correct thing, and that's to sit at my feet. And she will have a double portion reward, you know what I mean? So being alone and sitting at Jesus' feet should be enough for us. But it's so hard for us sometimes because it's either boring or it doesn't pay off. There's not instant gratification. We don't instantly feel what we want to feel. We sit alone and we're like, oh my gosh, why can't I get all these thoughts to stop? I'm bored. I don't really enjoy this. I understand y'all. It's really hard. I have to intentionally put my phone away, put it on the other side of the room, you know, turn off social media because I know myself. And if I see my phone, I'm like, wait, what's, what's popping on Instagram and TikTok? So I have to be very intentional with that. But I learned the hard way when I lived alone that there is something so beautiful in being content on being alone. And it might be different because for some of us, you're introverted and you're like, yeah, girl, I got that freaking down. I don't need no people. Like, I am Gucci. I am totally fine being alone. And then there's some of us who are extroverted and we're like, oh my gosh, I need people. I need constant stimulation. I don't want to be alone. Like, you need people. And that's fine. But I think there has to be a balance of knowing how to be alone and how to sit in that stillness and that quietness and the uncomfortability and maybe the awkwardness of just sitting there in your thoughts and you're like, wait, this is so quiet and I don't like this and this is uncomfortable. I get it. I get it. But I think there's something so important about learning to just kind of quiet your mind and sit with the Lord and just be still. Like the Bible says, wait on the Lord, be still and know that I am God. So we have to be able just to be still and sit there and wait on him instead of constantly hurrying and rushing and distracting ourselves because being alone or being quiet is uncomfortable. I get it. It it absolutely is. It doesn't always pay off in the moment, but in the long run, it's going to pay off. It's just like the die to self, the daily disciplines that, you know, they're not fun in the moment, but in the end, they will produce grand results. And that's just for anything in life. If you read Atomic Habits, that's anything in life, y'all. But some of y'all, you don't want to be alone in your thoughts because this is where you can avoid. Some of y'all don't like to be alone. You avoid being alone at all costs because then you don't have to face those inner demons. This is where you can no longer run away from the pain and the thoughts and the hurts and those spiraling thoughts that just keep coming back, all the anxiety, all the the suppressed thoughts. So instead, you keep yourself constantly busy, hurried, distracted, 
And in return, that makes you numb. But let me tell you, one day you're going to regret not slowing down and really sitting there and just thinking and praying through it and journaling through it and processing through it and meeting with someone and telling someone about that because eventually it pops up and it manifests somewhere else. It rears its ugly head somewhere else and you're like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And in the end, you're going to wish that you sat alone and you processed through these things and you're going to wish that you took time to really just um, process through these feelings with God and with other peoples and maybe with a mentor or a counselor. And let me tell y'all, do yourself the favor of facing these problems now. Do it for your future self, your future spouse, and your future kids. They will all thank you later. And that's what I mean in the beauty of kind of sitting alone. And I know it's uncomfortable because when you're alone, especially at 3 a.m. when you're lying awake at night, it's like all these thoughts from your childhood, from what that guy did to you, what that girl did to you, what that ex-best friend did to you, all these thoughts of the ways you maybe don't like yourself. But those are the things that we need to identify so we can uproot them. Those are the lies that we're believing that we need to uproot and we need to be like, okay, why am I believing this? But instead, what people ought to do is they're like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I don't want to feel that. That's too painful. I'm not going to go there. Do not press on that wound. So what you do is you open up TikTok, you open up Instagram, you book a flight, you hit up that guy, you go out for drinks with your girlfriends, whatever you can do to distract yourself from having to feel this pain. But there is beauty in being alone and being able to identify that so you can heal. Like, I know it's painful, but that's where we find growth. It's sometimes in painful, stretching, pruning moments. I know that was what it was like for me. Because when I lived alone, I couldn't run any longer. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to feel like this anymore, but I do. And so I would just sit there. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple of years, and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, Janine, how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting, I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you and then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It is called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start one. You can start today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature, video podcasts are available on Spotify and I have that on mine and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q and A's and polls and even having video. So I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign.
I was like, oh my gosh. And I would immediately like call someone, but instead the Lord wanted to teach me something by being alone. But the flip side of that is some of y'all like to be alone. Like some of y'all like to be alone so much that you're like, I don't need people. Like, I don't need any of y'all. I got myself. You have so much pride in yourself. You think that you are your own savior. You think that all you need is yourself because that's what culture tells us is just you love yourself and know yourself and put yourself and invest invest in yourself. It's all about you, 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 me, me, me. It's creating this toxic cycle and this toxic mentality of all I need is myself. When we weren't meant to be self-reliant or just codependent or dependent upon ourselves, we were meant to be dependent upon Christ and Christ alone. But when you're alone, you enjoy that because this is where you can hide and you aren't fully known and you can just kind of enjoy, you know, doing you. You don't have to deal with people's bull crap. You don't have to deal with people's opinions, people calling you out, people knowing your sins, people knowing anything. You're like, I enjoy being alone. Like, I love this. And that's fine if you're an introvert. Like, I recharge as well by, you know, watching a movie by myself or journaling or going on a walk, whatever. But at the end of the day, I just don't think God created us to stay there and to be alone forever. And I know that because it says that in the Bible. It says, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him in Genesis 2.8. So when God created Adam, he was like, huh. It's not good for man to be alone, so I'm going to create a helper. Boom. Eve, there she was. She was his helper. Because God knew that when we're alone, often we believe lies more, we spiral more, we have more toxicity, we're not able to have anyone hold us accountable, hold us higher, anyone to cry with us, empathize with us, for us to lean on people. Like, we need people. So if we look to Scripture, we see That God went alone all the time. We see that Jesus withdrew all the time. Why did Jesus withdraw all the time? Wouldn't you think, well, you know, couldn't Jesus just handle being with people all the time? He's Jesus, you know, like, couldn't he handle just constantly healing people and being around people all the time? Sure, he probably could. But we see in the scripture that Jesus withdrew a ton. So it's obviously highlighting something. We see this a lot in scripture. We see here in Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Matthew 14, 13 says Jesus withdrew from there in a boat to desolate places by himself. Also, it says in Luke 6, 12, before he chose the 12 apostles, when he was about to make a very big decision of who would be the men that would walk alongside him and men that he would pour into that would he would trust to carry this gospel It says in Luke 6, 12, in these days, he went into the hills to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God. Jesus didn't just go withdraw for funsies. It wasn't like Jesus said, man, I'm sick of these pally sandals looking bros. I need to be by myself because I'm sick of y'all. No, no, no. There was a reason and there was an intention for why he went alone. It wasn't just to escape or to suppress or just to be, you know, over people because Jesus loved people. He went for intimacy with God. And after getting that intimacy with God, he prayed all night. He prayed to his father. He cried even in the Gethsemane when he was about to be crucified. He went alone and prayed and cried out to God and said, God, if you can take this from me, take it from me. Because he didn't want to be crucified, but he did it willingly because he loved us. But he always went alone and prayed to his father. 
before making de- decisions, before going sent out, before praying again, before healing, like he went and got filled up. So we can see that he went filled up, he got filled up and then he went back out there and healed and prayed and did the, you know, sermon on the mount and went out and just loved people. It even says here in Luke 4:14, 4, after Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights when the freaking enemy came to tempt him in every single which way, First, Jesus got filled up because he had just been baptized, and he goes to the wilderness for 40 days to go be alone, to draw near to his father, and then the enemy comes, in which we'll get into that. So he goes in there for 40 days and 40 nights, and then after he spent time alone with the father, it says, Jesus then returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Wow, right? But when you are alone, you have to know that this is also where you are more susceptible to the enemy coming and attacking you because you're alone. There's no one there to bounce ideas off of. There's no one there to help catch these lies. There's no one there to help you be like, why do I feel this way? Why am I scared? Why am I nervous? Why am I fearful? Why am I anxious? You're alone. And the enemy loves when you're alone because you make poor decisions in in isolation. You're more attacked. You're more susceptible to believing lies. So... What do we do? How do we combat this? If we look at scripture again, it says in Luke 4, 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. God told him and said, hey, go be alone to be with me. He wasn't just like, I'm going to go run and flee and get away from all these boring people. I just want to isolate so I can hide and be shameful and not tell anyone what I'm going through. But he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where 40 days he was tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days because he relied solely upon his Father God. And I don't think we do that nearly enough. And at the end of the days, he was hungry, which reminds me, I am dang hungry. I'm like almost jittery because it's 1.30 and I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> so then because, you know, Jesus is alone, the enemy, the devil says to him, If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. He comes for his identity, which is what the enemy is going to come for you. Like when you're alone, he's going to be like, man, no one even likes you. No one cares for you, man. No one wants to be alone or no one wants to be around you. So yeah, keep being alone. Keep hiding. So if the enemy came for Jesus' identity, don't you think he's going to come for yours a lot more? But Jesus knew his identity because just previously in Luke 4, God said to him, you are my son and I am well pleased with you. So he is like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. He knew his identity. And so he comes back and he comes back to the enemy with scripture, which is what we have to do when we're battling lies, when we're alone, when we're facing all this opposition and we're like, oh my gosh, why do I feel this way? Jesus comes back and he says, it is written which means scripture, the Bible, which is why it is so important for you guys to know scripture because this is how we know how the enemy speaks to us, the lies he tries to tell us, and how we're able to combat it by knowing scripture. So Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone because this was something that was in scripture beforehand. And so again, the devil comes and he tempts him and he tries him and does all these things and again, Jesus comes back and he says, it is written once more. He combats combats him with scripture. He says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Boom. Let's go, Jesus. Mic drop, Jesus. He's like, no, I am not going to let you try to tempt me and try me because I know scripture and I know my identity. When you know your identity, you can fight back. 
But you have to know who God says you are first by reading scripture. They go hand in hand, y'all. You got to know them. Jesus always got filled up. And then when he got filled up in his quiet time in this secret place, the secret places where it's just you and God, it's not for followers. It's not for likes. It's not for clicks. It's not for appraisal or approval or praise or anything like that. Because the enemy will try to get you to do that. He'll try to be like, have people worship you or have you worship yourself. He even tried that with Satan. I mean, he even tried that with God in in the wilderness. Again, it says here in Luke 4, 5, the devil led him up to high places and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give you authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I will give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it'll all be yours. The enemy was like, worship me, worship me. And again, Jesus come, come, combats it and he's like, no, no, no. I know scripture. The secret place is where we find rest and intimacy with God. It's not for anyone else, but it's just for you and you and God. But how often do we get alone and do we do that? Rarely. Because again, it's uncomfortable. It's boring. It's very self-gratifying where we're like, I'm not getting anything out of this. So I don't want to do this. I'm bored. I spoke to God and he didn't speak back. So next, next, let me turn on the TV. Let me turn on Netflix. Let me you know, get on my TikTok or whatever the case may be, because we're often looking at God like he's a genie or Santa Claus. We're like trying to rub the the magic genie lamp and we're like, God, hello, answer my prayers. You're not answering. Where are you? But instead we need to look at it as just hanging out with our creator, just getting time with him. Like how could I know my best friends in this tangible world if I didn't spend time with them? It's the same way with God. We have to get alone with God. Your quiet time matters. Jesus's quiet time mattered in the wilderness every time he went alone to pray. So if it mattered for Jesus, it matters for you. But so many of us often rely on so many other things to give us our faith. We replace the main source with all these little, you know, supplications and additions when God was the main source and he still is. It says in John 15, five, which John 15 is like my life chapter, my life, one of my life verses In John 15, 5, it says that I am the vine, which is Jesus speaking or God speaking. I am the vine and you are the branches. This is talking about how Jesus is our main source of life. He is the vine and we are the branches and everything else, everything else comes from that. It all flows from that. It says if we do not bear fruit because you're not connected to the vine, he'll cut you off. A branch cannot bear fruit if it is not connected to the vine, which is God. We are the branches to bear fruit, gentleness, kindness, patience, self-control, love, all those things. We have to be connected to the vine. But instead, we want to go on TikTok and get our faith. We want to go on Instagram and get our faith. We want to go and read all these devotionals and devos and podcasts and all these things. And y'all, I'm telling you, they're great to understand. All the resources are great, but they should never replace the Bible. That was never meant to be your main source of how you get your faith and your um, daily devo time. Like the Bible is sufficient for us. That let alone should be good enough. Having alone time builds our relationship and connection with the Father. If we see Jesus do this as a Christ follower, we are supposed to emulate him, and we should do this a lot, often, reoccurring, getting away, fasting, praying, morning times, night times, whatever it it looks like for you. For me, it's my mornings. 
And again, I understand that there's introverts and there's extroverts and everyone recharges differently, but find what works for you, even though you're an introvert or an extrovert, it doesn't matter. Either way, we need to find the balance of being with people, but also being alone with God and getting recharged where we need to get recharged, but knowing that we need people, we need God to be our main source of life. And we also need to find healthy ways to be alone, but also let people in. And out of this quiet time, then we are filled up and then we pour back into others. Like we can't pour back into others from an empty cup. It's impossible. It doesn't work. This is where burnout comes out. This is where burnout turns out or whatever the phrase is. And this is why so many pastors just get so burned out because they're pouring into people 24 seven and they never take a Sabbath or sabbatical or whatever the case may be. Like I take Sundays off because I find it so, so, so important. And then when you're filled up, then you're like, okay, bet I'm going to go back now and to love people, pour back into people because your cup is so filled up. You're like, I need to give all this love and this energy and this kindness to some other people. I need to share this gospel because you're filled up. And I think that's often why a lot of people don't love other people. They don't bless other people because they're so self-consumed and they're so just about all their problems and worries and fears versus just going to the father, going to the main source of life and getting filled up by their father. And then now you feel recharged and then you're like, great, now I'm going to go love other people. So there's a difference between, like I said, being alone and being lonely. And I'm hoping that I kind of explain that a little bit about what it looks like to be alone and how that's good to get alone with the father, but also the dangers of being alone. You see, also when we're alone, the enemy likes to get us alone in a lot of ways. He is all about isolation and loneliness. And we'll see in the Bible here that that often the enemy will send us to be alone and to make us lonely Because again, this is where he has dominion and authority is in isolation and in dark places. We see here in Matthew 5, I believe, that Jesus heals a demon-possessed man, which I know not a lot of people want to talk about that word demon possession, but it's important because it is real. People people often don't want to talk about like demon possession. I get it. It's kind of scary. I know, but it's real and we see it in the Bible. And so we see here that they, Jesus, it says, this is, I'm now reading the scripture. They arrived to the other side of the lake, the region of, I don't know how to pronounce that. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. The man lived in a burial cave and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into his chains and shackles, as he so often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was ever strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. The enemy will bring us into dark, isolated places because this is where he enslaves you. This is why we need to be careful of being alone too much or isolation or not letting people in because the enemy thrives in that. He thrives in darkness. He thrives in putting this man in a tomb. He enslaves this guy and impresses him he puts him in shackles and chains and maybe some of y'all are in that right now you feel like that day and night he torments him but right when he sees Jesus he screams out to Jesus please save me save me and Jesus goes and heals him and pulls him out of this dark place out of this slimy pit and puts his foot on a rock and saves him 
So often when we're isolated and lonely, it gives the enemy more room to lie to us and keep us enslaved. And this is what exactly the scripture is talking about. But maybe some of y'all are like, okay, I'm lonely. Like, I want to have friends. I don't know what to do. First of all, I'm going to recommend this book right here. If you're not watching a YouTube video, it is called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. Building Deep Community in a Lonely World. I'm going to rave about this book over and over and over and over. I think you guys are going to love it. And you just need to know, first of all, being lonely is very hard and it's painful and I don't want you to stay there. I want you to thrive in being able to be alone and being content in that, even in your singleness, being content in that. But don't stay there. Loneliness is not a feeling that God wants us to have. And I want to remind you that you're not alone, first and foremost, that Jesus is always with you. The Holy Spirit is always with you. It says in Matthew 28, 20, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. In the Bible, there is this feeling of loneliness that we see often. It says here that Paul fought persecution to spread the gospel and he fought with his friends because they deserted him when he needed their help, but he remained strong. He even says in 2 Timothy 4.16, no one stood by me for the first time. I defended myself. All deserted me, but the Lord stayed with me and gave me strength. Jesus well knew the pain of desertion, desertion and rejection from those closest to him, but he also gave us an example on how to move through the pain. In John 16.32, Jesus tells his apostles, behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. Jesus is saying this for the father is with me. So Jesus even understands the feeling of being lonely, which is again why he can empathize with us. People in the Bible can empathize with us about being lonely. But we have to remember that we're never, ever actually alone. We always have God with us, always. But being lonely, it, it kills you. It slowly but surely kills you, which is why I don't want you to be alone and to be lonely. It's okay if you're introverted, but you at least need to have one to two people that know who you are, that know your thoughts, all your feelings, all your sins, all the things that you, that burden you, that bother you, that's hard for you. You need to have that. You don't need to have a massive amount of friends because something I've learned in life is that the quality of your friends is more important than the quantity of your friends. So even if it's just one to two people, let those be your safe place, your sacred place that you can trust. You can go to them. You can cry with them. You can tell them everything that's going on. They hold you accountable. They know all your thoughts that you're fully known because deep down inside, we all want to be fully known. We all want to be safe, seen, and soothed. And that's something that Jenny Allen talks about in this book. It's a quote from Kurt Thompson. So number one, what to do when you're lonely? Recognize that it's hard and painful because it is. I know it's not a fun spot to be in. It is hard and it's painful. Secondly, I'm going to recommend you to join a church or a women's Bible study. Go to the local body of Christ. That is what it is meant for. Or think about who are the people in your life already that you need to reach out to? Who are the people in your life that you already need to talk to or communicate or dive deeper with or know how to do that better? Again, this book is going to teach you that. So number three was reach out to a friend. Reach out to someone you already know and let them in. Hey, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling fearful. Number four is Jenny Allen's book. Five is maybe getting a mentor or a counselor. There's better help. There's Christian resources online that you guys can do to um, do that. And number six, just see, yeah, like, can I start, you know, building a community in my own home? Can I invite people into my home? Can I use my apartment? Can I form this on my own? If no one else is doing it, can I do that? Can I be that person for other people? 
because there's so many lonely people out there, but how can we be that person to love other people and help other people that are feeling lonely and build a community? Because sometimes we're waiting for it just to fall in our laps and into our hands, but often we need to be the one that are proactive and go make that happen for ourselves and for other people. But loneliness kills us. It just does. God created us to be in community. It says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. The Bible is so clear about this. So I hope this is starting to make sense of loneliness versus being alone, that there's pros and cons to being alone. When I lived alone, it was the sweetest, most special time with the Father, intimacy with God. I learned so much about myself. I was able to really heal from some wounds. Also, you know, old patterns started to come out, things that I thought I had dealt with started to come out because you're sitting in it and it's being exposed and you you want it to be exposed. That's good. But I had to be more intentional about reaching out to people and it taught me about that a lot of, okay, I need to be the one hosting and bringing people into my home and reaching out to people and not just expecting it's going to fall into my lap or that everyone's going to call me. Like sometimes we get so scared to ask people for help or to bother them or to need them, but that's okay to need people. Like it's okay to want to be known or to have a friend or whatever, have someone to go do stuff with. So I know loneliness is a real feeling and many of us really struggle with that. And by being lonely, it drives us into a deeper hole of anxiety and depression and all these things and spiraling and lies and deeper negative thoughts and all these things. And that's why I don't want you to stay there. So number one, you need people and you need God. You need to be in community. You need to be held accountable. People need to know what's going on in your life. And I want to encourage you just to think of who you need to call today that needs to know what's going on in your life and what's been hard and be adamant about that. And I'm hoping this makes sense again of just how, you know, you need people, you need to spend time with God, you need intimacy, but we can't stay alone forever. And I really hope that that like kind of helped clear that up. I'm so sorry if that was just kind of all over the place, but that's kind of what I wanted to say that, that being alone is good. There's pros and cons. There's good and good and bad things about it. Um, enjoy being alone with God and having intimacy and being content in your singleness if you're single and knowing like, hey, I can go to dinner by myself. I can get coffee by myself, but also knowing that we need people. But I don't want you to have the feeling of loneliness, but knowing that even if you are lonely and that's a feeling you're experiencing right now, you're going to get through it. And God empathizes with you. Jesus empathizes with you. He was often lonely and misunderstood because no one understood what he was doing. Imagine how he felt when everyone was accusing him and picking on him and didn't know what was going on and didn't understand anything that he was doing. Jesus can empathize with you. And knowing that you're never actually alone. Because Jesus says, and the Bible says, that he will never leave you or forsake you. And he doesn't break a promise. So I hope that helps, that you become more intentional with your alone times, that you can seek God, whether that's worship music, praying, praising him, going on a walk, um, reading, journaling, the whole thing, just getting in the Bible, just starting with the book of John, reading a chapter a day, whatever the case may be, and then sharing with someone afterwards, hey, this is what I'm learning right now in the Bible. This is what God's teaching me. This is what I'm going through, and sharing that with someone even if it's just one to two people. It doesn't need to be massive, but have your best friend, have two people that you just consistently meet with weekly so that you're not alone. Make it a priority that you're not alone and lonely because again, the enemy can work in isolation and 
and loneliness. And I don't want that happening to you. I don't want you to be in that cave like this demon possessed man that was being tormented because he was alone and isolated. And you're making poor decisions and hiding secrets and having all this sin just fester and manifest because you're not letting anyone in. And that is the difference between being alone and having intimacy with God and just being straight up lonely. And I hope that I clarify that in today's episode. Please let me know if that helped you guys out. Um, I'm sorry that was all over the place. That's kind of how my notes just were. But God created us for us to be with people. It says that, you know, God said, I will make them a helper. It is not good for man to be alone. So just knowing that and realizing that. And um, if this episode helped you, share it with someone. Um, The Happy and Healthy Podcast is Happy and Healthy Podcast. So go check that out. We reshare and we repost every single time that you guys um, listen. If you guys want to donate monthly, that would be awesome. No need, but we do have a link down below. I really am trying to invest in getting a studio so I can have more guests on here and film better content. So if you guys are interested in donating, there is a link down below. We have a monthly Patreon for that. So thank you again to the people that do donate. You guys are the best. Thank you guys for always sharing these podcasts. It means the world to me. And you guys can check us out on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, TikTok, Instagram, all of them. I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. I just want to let y'all know as well also that we are working on merch. So stay tuned. That's coming out soon. And I love y'all. I will see you guys next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, y'all.